You're listening to the news on RTHK. I will help fight the virus. I will protect Hong Kong. The government has launched the Leave Home Safe mobile app for everyone to keep visit records. Remember to use the app to scan QR codes of designated venues. Visit records will only be kept in your phone. If you went somewhere possibly visited by a confirmed patient, the app will alert you and give health advice according to different situations. Use the app together. Feel at ease when going out. Let's fight the virus. Scan with Leave Home Safe. Morning and welcome to the week on three with me, Noreen Mir. It's been a bit of a weird week on Radio 3 as we implemented the work from home measures by the government. So I've been working from home in the latter part of the week and my colleagues have been in on alternate days. So it's strange not to see everyone's faces. Well, even if it's just half of their faces because of all the mask wearing. But as long as we're all staying safe, then that's all that matters. As you know, we're just on the very cusp of the closing of our annual charity campaign, Operation Santa Claus. Although this year we won't have a physical event due to the latest COVID developments, Radio 3 will be presenting a wonderful video to reveal how much money we've raised for the 18 charities that we're supporting. So do keep your eyes peeled on our Radio 3 social media, including Facebook and our website, to find out the big reveal. I know I say this all the time, but we're tremendously proud to be one half of Operation Santa Claus, which is jointly organized with the South China Morning Post. And this year, as I mentioned, we're supporting 18 charities. Despite these trying times, people from all walks of life have been so generous with our charity campaign, giving up their time, their expertise, and of course, donating so generously too. So if you want to see some of the amazing efforts, then do visit our website, oschk.org, to check out all the activities and all the ways we've raised money for our wonderful causes. So on with this week's program, which is my last one for a little while, as I hand over to my wonderful colleague, Christy Lai. This week, I have selected some music features, Alison Howe's celebrity feature on Backstage, and also what's going on with COVID, and can we really have a zero COVID policy? I'd like to start with Tuesday's Morning Brew, with Phil Whelan chatting with Merrin Pierce. And in this excerpt, they had a conversation with conservation advisor, Kevin Hackwell. Kevin shared some wonderful quirks of nature that happen in New Zealand with their native bats. But first, he starts with an interesting bird competition. Marin mentioned it earlier. What happens is that over the years, the competition has got such that the people and celebrities and prime ministers and all sorts have actually said, can we be the, the, the ambassador, the leader for the campaign for this particular species? So you, every year, what happens is people are often competing with each other and asking, can we manage the campaign for this particular species? And mm-hmm. so a lovely, a lovely sort of bit of fun competition occurs um, between celebrities and, and maybe bird nerds or whatever. You know, you get all sorts of people end up um, being the managers for different species and promoting them in, in very unusual and fascinating ways, you know, lots of fun is had. So the, the whole songs, month of the bird of the year, promotions is like that, isn't it? Yeah, they do all these different songs and that. Now, what we were starting off this yeah. by why has New Zealand got only a small number of birds and why are they wet? Well, this bat actually doesn't catch its food up in the air; it crawls no. along the ground to catch its food. So yeah, yeah. 
It just insert crazy in New Zealand. Tell us a bit about this bat. Okay, that's the thing. as I say, this is such an unusual species, and it's, it's, it's in its own family, and it's so different from all the other bats in the world. There's just no question. It is just out on Not a, the prettiest either, is it, itself. really? Well, no, but... I mean, they're all lovely to their mothers, but... <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's rather cute. You know, I think they're neat, but anyway. Um, so this bat, what does it do? Well, it's small. We're talking about 12 to 15 grams. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a small bat, um, and... Its ancestor, the one I talked about that they found at the 16, 16 and a half million years old, you know, in the, in the fossils, it was actually about 50 or 60 grams, a large, you know, quite oh, wow. a you know, reasonable size bat, not not, not, not to your fruit bat kilogram size, but, you know, but the thing about it is that it's almost reversing the whole evolution of bats because mm. bats have evolved from small mammals that, that have eventually ended up you know, evolving wings using their you know the webs between their fingers you know to make the wings etc um, and 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 have got flight. This bat because New Zealand didn't have any other land mammals um, didn't have the sort of predators that might otherwise occur um, and you know and competitors you know often the other thing about bats is by by getting the wings they actually managed to find and 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 go into the air to get their insects, et cetera, or go and find pollen, et cetera, rather than having to crawl around on the ground or up and down the trees, which the other little mammals were doing mm. to get either the insects or the pollen or the nectar or the fruit. And so what's happened in New Zealand is the bats, without any of those competitors, other mammals, have ended up going back onto the ground. And so the short-tailed bat uses its one of the bones, little bones in its knuckle, because you think the wing is made up of the... the, 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 the the bits between the fingers, um, to be a hook as like a finger, and it gets down on the ground and it shuffles around. It does a lot of its, its feeding on the ground. It can it can take some insects on the wing, but it generally doesn't. Um, it actually spends a lot of its time, like a mouse, back on the ground, shuffling around, you know, in the litter, catching big insects, eating fruit, going for nectar, pollen. Kevin, is this, is this an example of evolution reaching a junction and not really knowing which way to go? Well, I think it's an example, not of that, more of it, and, and, finding new ways. Evolution often, always is looking for new ways of doing things. And what's happened is it's seen an opportunity. Evolution's found itself an opportunity yeah. to do something in, in an easier way. <laughs> it's much easier <laughs> yeah. to go onto the ground and get yourself a large insect they have to fly around trying to find little ones. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It actually, it, it, and obviously, it's evolved from a, a bat that's come to us from probably from Australia millions and millions of years ago. Mm. It's arrived in New Zealand, gone. Oh, it's different here. I can get access to all this other food if I spend my time on the ground. You know, and New Zealand and, has a lot of big insects oh, that are on the ground, both big, big insects and the smaller ones. So they do. Good. And that's and back so to plenty the of food. about the mammals. Is, is yep. Because we didn't have the land mammals, the mice and the voles and the whatever else, the squirrels, etc. not only did the birds evolve to fill those niches that are occupied by the mammals elsewhere in the world, the insects did the same. We have the world's largest insect, a wetter, that weighs as much as a as a blackbird, you know, 70 grams. And this is a big <laughs> lot of food. If you're a bat and you're on the ground... Is this a big predator too, the insect you're talking about? <laughs> That's a dinner. That's a real serious dinner. And why would you run around trying to fly and catch things on the wing? Very difficult, echolocating, etc. When you can go on the ground and get yourself a big feed. So it makes now sense. you've been you've been mentioning the word fly here. Yes. Now one of the other photos or two of the photos I've shared with her is the fly. Oh, before you do, before lived, you go there. Oh, go 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 go. Just yeah. before you go there, Erin, uh, Maren, uh, I'll go. I'll come to the bat fly shortly. I know where you're going, Great. but no. 
The other thing about it, the bird of the year, it turns out that this bat is also really unusual because it sings. Okay. What? You think of birds, bird song, birds of the year yeah. flying. Okay. The other th- other reason you could put it in the bird of the year competition of bird of commerce is because it actually sings. The males compete for the females in a lek, L-E-C, L-E-K type um, um, breeding situation, which is incredible. And again, incredibly unusual for bats. Only one other species of bat in the world does its mating via the lex system, the system. But the males compete for the females by singing to them. Um, now, and is that singing an audible sound for these bats, or do you still do I still get to use my little echolocator transponder things to listen to bats? Because I haven't had a go I with sus- that. Are these I audible or not? I suspect that it is ultrasonic. That they can hear it, but we can't. Um, oh. Certainly, um, if you're out in the in the bush where there are bats, you know, if you've got very very good hearing, you might be lucky yourself just to pick that very very. You know, what we can hear is a high squeak. Most of the time, most people use bat detectors you know, where they can translate the ultrasonic to an audible sound. So I suspect I don't know to answer your question, but I suspect it is in the ultrasound. Yes. Oh well. So so, like, no, let's get this. Let you get, get it out of your system. Just tell us what it is, because not everybody can see you. He's oh, waving this thing. Yes. Well, it's a little bat echo. <laughs> like, on, it's basically, it's a plugs into my phone, hmm. and you get to trans. Uh, it translates that sound from being ultra high frequency that we can't hear easily into a audio sound that we can listen to and right. uh i used it in hong kong loved it but i think with a few minutes left we better fly bat flies that's exactly fly <laughs> forward okay and what Mer- what Merit is referring to is this bat is also unusual it's got a parasite on it that lives with it um, which is a a fly it's, 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 it's a fly that is wingless and it's flightless and it's blind um and other bats around the world also have these, you know, flies that, that, that uh, live with them and often parasitize them. And, and around the world, that fly is a bloodsucker. You know, it, is, it, is, it is living on the bat and it is taking blood. In our case, that's not the case. It turns out that it's not taking blood. What it's doing is this fly uses the bat to move around and to, to, be, to get itself into the bat colonies. But what it's doing is it's actually living on the guano, the bat ship, at the, and, and, it, and, it's, and it's helping to helping to, you know, basically clean up the bat roosts. Um, it, 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 it lives and eats um, on the on the bat guano, which still got lots of, you know, the fruit and the, and the pollen and other things in it um, when the bats crap it out. Um, and, and, and the bats keep the place warm for them. And this fly, um, you know, which is flightless and, and blind and got these really unusual legs, uh, it, 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 it does that. And it moves around by actually attaching itself to the bat and then when the bats fly away and set up a new colony, the, the flies go with it. And it means, in fact, that each bat has its own unique number of these flies on it at any one time, which actually allows researchers to identify the bats using using photographs. They go, oh, that's the right bat because I can work out the pattern of those flies on it, um, which is actually very interesting. Um, but anyway. Every single thing you said this morning is just a bit wrong. Do you understand that? <laughs> that's, that's New Zealand nature. That's nature in New Zealand. We're used to that and reaction. Listen, Most the, things in New Zealand, when it comes to nature, are, are asked about face to be... Kevin, come back and join us much more. It's lovely talking to you. Um, <laughs> just give us anything you think our listeners and viewers need to know where to look up. Tell us very clearly the name of the speech, the name of the oh. bat we've been talking about, all of that. Easy. Look, I'll give you the, the common name because it's easy enough to find it rather than its scientific name. It's the short-tailed bat. 
If you Google short tail bat NZ, I mean, I'm, even just short tail bat should do it, but if you put NZ on the back, it will be very clear. Um, you will find lots of information about it, uh, and that they're really they're amazing. was conservation advisor Kevin Hackwell on Tuesday's Morning Brew chatting with Phil and Marin Pierce. This next guest is the embodiment of girl power. Throughout the week on The Common Room, Ali Howe sits down with Ramen Girl, whose real name is Pitri Estiani, who shares her unique experience working in the music industry, being a woman operating in the male-dominated hip-hop scene. And also, she's one of the top five hip-hop artists in Indonesia. Where the conservative society means hip-hop is anything but part of the mainstream. Here, Ramen Girl starts by describing her style. I'll describe my music as uh, kind of uh, bad bit, even though having a bad day music. <laughs> love it, love it. That's it. So everything about you, for me, you are so unapologetically you, which is so empowering. How did you build up that confidence? Uh, it's not something that I was born with, I think. It, it is definitely something I, you know, uh, like trained, I feel like. Because I remember the first time I got into music, like I really tried to, you know, follow this, follow that, follow what other people say about me. You know, it, it really gets into my head. But at some point, I was like... Damn, people are still gonna talk about you anyway, whatever you do. Even people still talk about Rihanna. And Rihanna is what? She's a diva. And in, in a good way. I mean, I said that in a good way. Um, so with that acknowledgement, you know, might as well do something that I really, really like and not care about what anybody got to say. It is very freeing. And so this is me. <laughs> For a teenager, for young people, really, it's really hard to even know themselves well enough to have that confidence to just be themselves. Yep. Mm -hmm. I wonder what kind of a student you were back in high school. I was definitely not the straight A student, but not the straight C student either. I was like the B plus student. You know, I tried to like not stand out. For the, which is weird, which is weird because I'm wearing a pink wig right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I tried not to stand out because I did. I always didn't want to get into trouble. I was never late. I was never, I, I was even like worried uh, at some point to even walk up to the front and ask uh, the teacher that I want to go to the toilet um, because I really didn't want to stand out. I just want to be like, quote unquote, normal until I realized how boring that is. Like, whoever wants to be normal, whoever wants to conform to society. Because um, I think at one point I realized by conforming to society, but really trying hard to do that, I missed a lot on a lot of things. I missed on, uh, you know, like crazy experiences that I would cherish until now. Um, I missed, you know, I'm probably not going to become ramen girl if I still be doing that now. So, you know, for teenage girls out there, First of all, sorry, I said uh, four. I said it again now. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I can say that now um, in this radio, but, you know, uh, <laughs> please censor it. Uh, but also, uh, uh, my second point is, you know, uh, it might not happen now because you've got a lot of emotions, teenagers with their teen angst. But uh, at some point, you're going to realize that what's important is you. Social media is pretty much what they live by and mm. how you fend off haters is such a skill, isn't it? 
it is such a skill. Again, it's not something I was born with. I was not, you know, the type of person like, oh, you know, F the haters, uh, don't really care, you know. But I, 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 I really got faced by the, all the negative comments. Uh, not even the negative comments, but like some people can really uh, give you the backhanded compliments, you know what I mean? Um, and they kind of really get to you. They kind of like make or break your day. But again, you're now uh, like we now at the age where we actually have control on what we consume, um, on the people that have the uh, uh, the right to know about us, new information, new updates on us. We have the control now. There's actually a block button on all social media, and it's there for a reason. So it's really weird to me. It's really, really like I, I was really appalled every time people say to me that yo if i have like blocked this toxic person but wouldn't that be childish of me no that wouldn't be childish that actually like that's very mature of you because you actually know your worth and you actually know that your time and energy is you know it can be bothered you know it can be bothered by that negativity please block that negativity like literally press that block button yes, <laughs> yes. I love that. Let's come to your music. All right, we've been playing mm-hmm. NOMF. It is such yeah. a cool tune. Thank you. Wow. Okay, first of all, walk us through the music video. It's very fast and furious. <laughs> it is actually one of the uh, uh, inspiration for the music video for me and also the the director. So it it's, it, it it didn't have to be fast and first. It didn't have to be like racing, racing at first. But then you're like. I mean, this song is about, you know, being confident in your own unapologetic self. Even like, you know, low-key being like very bravado about it, being very like chin up about it, probably even like arrogant a little bit. But you know, sometimes if you can back it up, it's fine to be really proud of yourself, you know? You really got to do that for yourself sometimes. So we want the video to be like super baller um, and, you know, unapologetic, that type of stuff. Um, so I told that to the director and her team, which, you know, shout out to their call Otherlands team. Uh, they're pro- super professional, super crazy, super creative. And, you know, what can be more baller than like a racing scene and, you know, the the, the bike stunts. And uh, what's funny was uh, PH1 actually shot his um, parts first before us, before we even like talk about uh, what we want to do, what we, what we plan to do at the shoot in Jakarta. Cause you know, we all like, I already know the concept. So like uh, me and my manager, we actually just told PH1 to like, yo, we want this to be baller. We want this to have cars. We want this to be like racing type of quality. So, don't do it, but in Korea. <laughs> and that was Ramen Girl on this week's Common Room. She sounds so awesome. Common Room is on air Monday to Fridays from 9 to 10 p.m. I'd like to now turn to Monday's Back Chat, where hosts Jim Gould and Mike Rouse talk to Dr. David Lam, who's the legislator representing the medical and health services sector, along with Professor Malik Paris, who's the chair of virology at the School of Public Health from the University of Hong Kong. Here, Professor Malik Paris explains why the growing fifth wave is proving to be difficult to handle. Well, I think there's no doubt that uh, this is quite a challenge. I mean, uh, particularly because the variant, the Omicron variant we know, is much more transmissible than previous uh, Mm. variants we have dealt with. So uh, to bring this under control is is going to be a a challenge. And I think um, 
um, it, it is going to take a number of months and, and may take may require even enhancing the levels of uh, public health and social uh, restriction measures we now have at least for a short period uh, yes, because the, uh, the, the the distancing and the uh, closing of restaurants at 6 p.m. and so on. I mean, we've been here before. Um, so, so you think that getting Omicron under control may require something more strict? And uh, you know, uh, yes. Yes, I mean, of course, it, it's a balance between the number of cases we have out in the community um, and uh, you know the timing of the restrictions. Now. Um, uh, you know, unfortunately, we had uh, uh, this big cluster in the Kwaichung estate, although that at least is, is contained there. So we really have to focus, um, you know, in terms of public health control um, uh, and interventions, we need to look at what's happening elsewhere. That is what will determine uh, decisions about further restrictions or not. And then, of course, unfortunately, we had the the introduction of uh, the Delta variant through the hamster introduction. So we do have a number of challenges on our plate. Mm -hmm. um, uh, D David Lamb, good morning to you. Yes, good morning. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, so so we have uh, Omicron, we have uh, Delta as well. I mean, how's the situation yes. looking for, from your point of view? Well, you can see that the outbreak of the fifth wave is ongoing. Uh, so they the what we have to do right now is to contain the way, contain the spread of the disease and hopefully to reduce the severity of this wave and if possible to shorten it is what we uh, aim to do right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so is that going to involve uh, more stringent measures than we have now? Uh, well, I believe we are talking about the vaccine bubble. That means unless someone is vaccinated adequately, otherwise there could be quite a, a number of restrictions as to where he can go. Um, one thing, another thing to step up vaccination, particularly for the elderly. And you notice that we have already started vaccination for children, five yeah. to 11 year old, and hopefully that is going to help with uh, reducing the number of people getting severe disease at least during this particular Omicron wave. Yeah. Uh, good morning, uh, Dr. Lam. Uh, we've been talking yeah. about stepping up vaccination uh, for as long as I can remember. Um, and I think the only thing that's worked in recent weeks was the threat to dim sum. And suddenly <laughs> the, the senior citizens stepped forward and rolled up their sleeves. Um, right. And I noticed also, I was listening to Jacinda Ardern on the radio this morning from New Zealand. E even though they're talking, what they're doing now is stiffening the conditions, if there's 100% vaccination, still quite large groups are allowed to meet. Um, can, we, can we start to reward the vaccinated instead of punishing them? I think you have to do both ways. Uh, now, first of all, it is a personal, a personal health issue whether to get vaccinated or not, and we understand that. Right. But secondly, it is also a social health issue that if enough people get vaccinated, the entire society is better protected from uh, these 
waves of the waves of infection. So it is also a social responsibility. Right. I'm not against rewarding people who came out to get vaccinated. But what do you do for those people who came out first and get vaccinated without any rewards? Are you going to pay them back for what they have done? No, I don't mean, I, I think you can't do that. You, you're really right. rewarding people who came out late and not those who... Right. Now, I wasn't t- thinking of uh, giving them a new reward. I was just saying to them, if you're, for example, if your gym staff are 100% vaccinated and you restrict entry to 100% vaccinated people who want to exercise in the gym, why just not yeah. let them? I think we're going there. I think sooner or later we'll require... That it can never be 100% because there are some people who are medically unfit to yes, vaccinate. Yes, well, they're sorry, they will not be able to go in the gym then. Uh, let, no, I think we, we would have some exemptions. Yeah, but you, you see, you, you are, we are we are going round in a circle here. You're telling all the people, maybe seventy percent, eighty percent, ninety percent, you're all vaccinated, but none of you can use the gym because a small number of people either refuse to get vaccinated or are unable to be vaccinated safely. So we are punishing. Only, the, yeah, no, the only people who. Uh, reasonably do not get vaccinated are those who have medical conditions right. not be vaccinated. And that number has to be very, very small. Right. Uh, if you look at the indication and contraindication of the two vaccines available in Hong Kong, uh, then the number would be expected to be much less than 1% of the population who cannot be vaccinated on medical grounds. Right. And that is unlikely to affect the overall strategy And that was David Lam, lawmaker representing the medical and health services sector, and earlier Professor Malik Paris from the School of Public Health from the University of Hong Kong on Monday's Back Chat. Right, now it's time for me to say goodbye. I won't be back next week. It'll be Christy Lai taking over from me. It's been such a pleasure selecting my highlights for you and sharing our Saturday mornings together for the past few months. So thank you so much for tuning in. Let me leave you with some good old-fashioned music entertainment. Monday's Afternoon Drive with Steve James. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe and take care, everyone. With music, news and information. This is Radio 3. Oh, the factory may be roaring With a boom-a-lack, a zoom-a-lack But there isn't any roar when the clock strikes four Everything stops for me you remember Cleopatra She had a date to meet Mark Antony at three But he came an hour late She said you'll have to wait Cause everything stops for tea First tea break of the week Thank you Long John Baldry uh, Today is the birthday of Neil Diamond 81 years old Fellow serenade Such were the plans I'd made For she was a lady And I was a dreamer With only words to trade You know that I was born For a night like this 
Warmed by a stolen kiss For I was lonely And she was lonely Loved her with words and more, for she was lonely. 